Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the Osmo.com MLB Early Bird Podcast for Monday slate of baseball action. Of course, I am Jason Floyd. As always, I am joined by Terry McBride. Terry, man, uh, happy uh, Sunday evening to you. We're uh, recording this a little later than we normally do based on my broadcasting schedule. But uh, how's the the, the first uh, weekend here of, of NFL and, of course, baseball action treating you, man? It's been good. Good. Uh, it was a really fun weekend. I was up for, uh, like, I don't know, 40 hours or so, 36 hours, 40 hours, something like that, straight going into uh, Sunday morning. Did a bit of a show, uh, a half-hour injury show this morning while I was crunching out lineups and uh, got everything in before lock. So uh, most of the 1 o'clock games and then kind of crashed for like an hour, caught the second half of the 4 o'clock games. But uh, it was a good Sunday. It was nice to be back in the groove of uh, NFL DFS. Had a uh, profitable uh, first day. Took a uh, little third place in one of the uh, FanDuel tourneys. So uh, nice little day all around. And, uh, yeah, it's just really, really fun to get back into it and uh, – as somebody who was kind of pessimistic about it actually being able to get here, I'm really glad that it did. I knew you had a long day in uh, doing the broadcast and everything. Yeah, it's uh, it was a long day for me. It's uh, you know, uh, I mean, I'm interested to kind of go back and see how the presentation was on, on film since I'm on the radio broadcast. I'm all attuned to that, so I'm interested to kind of go back and kind of see what the yeah, you know, I you know, obviously I had had it on the TV so I could see what it was looking like on Fox. Oh, you should go back, to kind of, uh, you know, see how it, uh, how it, it, you know. And the one thing I was, I would say this is, and I think where these television networks have done a really good job, and, and baseball, I think, kind of, it, it's tough in a way. But where I, I think when you're watching football, there's a lot of parts where you're not necessarily going to see crowd shots. So, yeah. like, like baseball, it's kind of difficult not to have a crowd shot just because of the way the diamond is, and you know, ball gets hit to the outfield, you're going to see it, but. You know, I just know, and you know, you know, watching college football on Saturday, you know, you really didn't. You, you know, I thought these networks did a really good job of like, if, if you didn't know, you wouldn't realize there were no fans in attendance. Yeah, that's a great point, and you're right about baseball. Yeah, you're constantly the way the cameras are around the diamond and everything. You're panning around. You're getting shots across the field and everything, so you're naturally getting that. Whereas football is so contained into the grid that yeah, they can just kind of angle those uh, those cameras the way that they want them, so that they're not actually showing you much and. The, there were a few that kind of stood out that I saw, but nothing that, uh, yeah, to your point, that uh, really made me stop and say, oh, yeah, there's no fans there. Because with the – we were talking about it before we got on with the, the sound that they pipe in from uh, from NFL films and everything. It was it was actually really cool. You know, I, I kept on forgetting that there were no fans in the uh, in the stands. So they I thought the broadcast did great. I think you're going to be pleased with what you see. Yeah, I can tell you what I, I had in my ears. And, and the one thing I will tell you as someone who – 
I've been doing this for 15 years now. I, I think that you're going from a a viewer at home. I, I feel like you're going to kind of get more of that raw football type sound, you know, and, right. and that's and I think that's what, you know, fans. I mean, look, at the end of the day, fans want to sit there on a, a Sunday afternoon, and enjoy their favorite team playing and. And, uh, you know, we try to try to bring you the best product we can. But, of course, uh, you know, we are here to talk about um, the MLB slate on Monday. An, an interesting slate on all the platforms. Uh, DraftKings, we've got a 410 main slate of nine games on DraftKings. And, of course, if you're, you're over there and you're building your DraftKings lineup, the thing you'll see, Draft Alert, the Pittsburgh versus Cincinnati, Oakland versus Seattle, and St. Louis versus Milwaukee games in this game slate are scheduled for seven innings. Each is the each is the first game of a doubleheader. Scoring is unchanged, and we will match the official MLB stats. FanDuel, their main slate is 7.35 p.m. of three games. Yahoo's main slate, of course, a sponsor of this program, their main slate is at 7.35 p.m. each time. I, I want to get your take on the DraftKings side of things when you're when people are going to play this main slate because obviously that's where these big prize pools are at. Is what is the mindset of those early games that are the first half of a doubleheader? Yeah, so it's tricky, especially the way that the slates break down tomorrow. Uh, like you said, that DraftKings slate is going to be the one with the big tournaments tomorrow. FanDuel didn't put much into their uh, little three gamer at night. Uh, competing with the NFL with uh, two NFL games and whatever they're doing with the big slate for that, I'm sure. Uh, they just don't have much money in baseball. So the DraftKings afternoon tournament, it's interesting. It's a seven-gamer, and three of those games are going to be seven-inning first games of a doubleheader. So we're going to have somewhat unpredictable, maybe wacky lineups. We're going to have short opportunities for the hitters. So we're probably going to lose at least a plate appearance for guys at the top of the of the batting order. Uh, so we really have to factor that in. Most of the time that we've seen these seven game, seven inning games, it's been one that's been mixed in with eight or nine games on a main slate. I don't think we've seen three seven inning games mixed in with four regular games. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting to weigh how some of these bats are priced, how some of these bats are going to be projecting, and uh, and what the upside looks like in the smaller sample size, and whether we're going to take that on. Uh, where I do think we can definitely attack it is with the pitching. Uh, Trevor Bauer in particular, uh, you mentioned him before we got on, and I totally agree with you. That is a, a, just a killer spot, probably the best pitching spot of the day uh, against the Pirates there. And in a seven-inning seven game, I don't know that we've had a better opportunity to get a complete game out of a guy all season long. And with Bauer against that Pirates lineup, it could easily be a complete game shutout, you know, eight, nine strikeout game. I mean, he could he could put up an absolute gem here. So some just went roaring by outside. <laughs> So, yeah, I really like that spot. Um, the other pitchers on that slate, there's a couple good ones. Uh, Musgrove is, you know, he's not pitching well, but he's a guy with upside that we like. So he would be kind of in play in that regard as well. And then you've got Jesus Lazardo and Marco Gonzalez pitching on that slate too. So there's a lot of arms. When we get into we'll go game by game and talk through them. But uh, I really think that pitching is going to be interesting with those uh, seven inning games in that slate. Yeah, something that uh, you gotta you gotta think about as you're developing those lineups uh, on Monday. Of course, I do want to let you know we are sponsored by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports, the most trusted name in fantasy sports. Yahoo DFS now includes CSV upload and CSV edit features. So those looking to play multiple lineups, make better choices, choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy. And uh, we mentioned about that Pittsburgh 
in Red's game at 410. Uh, Cody Ponce going for the Pirates. Trevor Bauer going for the Reds. I, I would imagine, in, in terms of the DraftKings main slate, that the ownership will be insane for Trevor Bauer. Yeah, I mean, if, if we're ever going to see a guy go like 100% owned on a DraftKings slate, that might also be the spot, like I was saying with the complete game. Uh, I just think it's just a killer, killer opportunity for Bauer. He's pitching lights out this year. Right? His career is 25.3% strikeouts this year. He's 36%. Uh, he's got a 1.74 ERA uh, to a 3.30 xFIP. So, I mean, he's pitching very, very well, uh, even under the covers. 51 and two-thirds inning sample size. Uh, so it's yeah, getting, getting to a point where it's a little bit of a real season at this point. Uh, I mentioned last time he had uh, he had taken his already really heavy spin fastball and added another 300 RPM to it. And it's just a ridiculous 2,765 RPM average now. And it sets up all his breaking pitches when they dive off the table or the way that his cutter works off of it, his slider works off of it. Uh, just gets a ton of whiff on those pitches. Brought his cutter usage up too, so he's changing his pitch mix a little bit. He's a tinkerer, you know. He likes to get in there and mess with what he does and uh, you know how he mixes up his pitches. So he's found something that really, really works, and he should just stop right here and keep things how they are for a few years because he's one of the best pitchers in baseball right now. Pirates uh, 24th in the league with 32 home runs against right-handed pitching. Last in the league, uh, 136 ISO against righties, 66 WRC plus. Uh, just not a lot to see there in that lineup. So definitely he can mow them down uh, a big opportunity for him. So he's going to be heavily owned. I think it's going to be worth it. I really do. I don't, I don't see how you get away from him there, but uh, we'll, we'll see what we find. Yeah. It was just uh, back on, on September the 4th. He faced this pirates team, uh, did get a loss in that one, but pitched six innings, only gave up one earned run, four runs total, had seven strikeouts in that game. He's calling for great performance against the Cubs where he had 10 strikeouts, uh, no uh, runs given up in, in seven and two-thirds innings. So, I mean, look, he's going to be very popular. I mean, we, we always kind of talk about these. Yeah, I, I guess uh, – I guess we don't have a lot of positive things to say about the the Pittsburgh Pirates bats. I mean, <laughs> you know, more times than, uh, you know, every once in a while you you might look at them in, in a certain spot and say, okay, you know what? Maybe they're a contrarian stack. Let's, you know, maybe look at going here. But, yeah, th- this is not one of those games. No, no, yeah, not against Bauer. I mean, maybe if you're throwing out 150 lineups and you're like 85% Bauer, then I guess I can endorse rolling out like five pirate stacks just for the hell of it to have them just in case. But I mean, you got to drill everything else that you're doing if you're doing that. So yeah, it's just not a spot for these bats. One of those spots did pop up the other day. They look kind of good and they and they connected a little bit. And there are some somewhat okay bats to get to in the middle of this lineup. Brian Hayes is going to be a good player. Colin Moran's got a little pop. Josh Bell's a good player. Gregory Pilon. Brian Reynolds. So there are some good names and good bats in there. They're, they sh- they should be better than they perform as a lineup when you see them individually, but just collectively, and it's definitely in this spot. Absolutely not. Now, in terms of you know, when you look at uh, Cody on, on the other side going for the Pirates, um, you know, I mean, look, he's uh, the twenty ninth man on the roster for this doubleheader <laughs> game. Uh, you know, I mean, look at you know. Four, five innings probably is what you're going to get out of him. You know, that may be, you know, could be as little as three innings. Who, who knows how many innings he goes. But, but because of it being a seven-inning game, like, what's your take on the Reds' bats? 
Yes, I I don't think I would get to much Cody Ponce. I I honestly, I had written up Joe Musgrove. Uh, I had him in the spot earlier. That's what came down with Fangraph. So I'm just looking at Ponce a little bit here, but uh, not really a guy who's very much on my radar. Like you said, he's kind of a non-prospect, 29th man on the the, uh, roster here. Uh, He's gone... He went four innings last time out, five and two-thirds before that. So, I mean, if he has a good start, if he makes it a little ways into this game, he could challenge to put up a decent opportunity here. But I think the story is much, much more going to be about the Reds' bats on the other side. Uh, I liked him as a uh, opportunity against Musgrove, and I think it's much better here. Um, just overall, uh, Ponce is, what, is a right-hander? Yes. Yeah, I pull that up. Yeah, so the same thing applies. So uh, for the Reds, they're 10th in baseball, 49 home runs against righties uh, this year, 194 ISO, 97 WRC+, plus, slightly below average, 24.6 strikeout rate, slightly above average, but they walk 12.3% of the time. So I think that those are bats that are definitely in play. There's a lot of lefty bats that we like in that lineup. Uh, Jesse Winker comes to mind. Uh, Eugenio Suarez is a righty bat that just brutalizes right-handed pitching. Uh, we've got Mike Moustakis in there. So a lot of names we know and we like. Uh, so I can definitely build with that Reds lineup tomorrow. Yeah, it's just it's it's it, to it, me it's, it's the seven inning game thing though. Yeah, I know. It, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like you look at there, and they're the fact that they're the home team. You know, so what happens all of a sudden right. if they just they just jump on them early? All of a sudden, you know, there is no seventh inning at bats for them. Right. That's true. yeah. That really does limit it. And as I'm talking about the, it's so hard to keep that in mind as I'm starting to talk about the bats. That yeah, it, that does limit the upside. And it kind of takes the top off of this offense and what they can do. You could still see a game, but uh, I would definitely focus then on probably no further down than like the fifth hitter in Mike Moustakis. And honestly, that's where everybody's going to go with those bats. So it makes it really, really challenging to get to. You're going to have to drill uh, you know, a Brian Goodwin in two plate appearances if you're going to go to that. Uh, he might get a third you know, if they're really rolling and they put up a huge score – He'll get a third. He'll get a fourth in uh, in the early innings. But in the normal course of a game, like a lot of a lot of times, we'll see a game roll five six innings and then you know six seven run score late. We're not going to get that opportunity here. So very tricky. Yeah, we have to keep that in mind as we're building with these teams. I got to remember that as we <laughs> as we talk. Uh, the next four uh, ten game that we got is the Phillies and the Marlins. Pablo Lopez. Uh, Slated to be on the mound for the Marlins and for the Phillies, Vince Velasquez. Good old Vince, back again. So Vince, I think we know what we're getting in uh, in Vince Velasquez. Kind of a wild man when he's on. He can strike guys out. 25.6% strikeout rate for his career, 9.1% walk. Gives up some power, 144 home runs per nine for his career. Uh, 137 whip just allows too, too many guys on base. That's been the story of his life. Uh, in 20 innings this year, he's got a 5.85 ERA, only a 4x FIP, so he's pitching a little bit better than the back of the baseball card says. Uh, four home runs allowed though in that 20 innings, so again, just giving up power. Uh, home run per nine, uh, 1.50 to left-handed hitters uh, for his career, 1.39 to righties, so more power to lefties. Uh, he strikes out uh, more righties, strikes out uh, only 23.8% of lefties, 27.3% of righties. So if you're going to attack him with bats from this Marlins team. Maybe you roll out some of the lefty bats, uh, Corey Dickerson, somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Marlins in general, not a very good team. Uh, 29th in baseball, only 27 home runs against righties. Uh, is tied with the Pirates uh, for 29th. Uh, 136 ISO puts them dead last. 95 WRC plus is okay. Like Compared to Pittsburgh, who they're tied in uh, last in home runs again in the split, Pittsburgh WRC plus is 66. So comparatively, they're a much better offense than you're getting with uh, with the Pirates. 
but still just not a very good spot for what they've been able to produce. Uh, if they're going to do it to a pitcher, Velasquez is a guy who's going to yield them some opportunities. So if you do get that lefty home run, it might come with a few guys on base. So you could pick off a good score from you know a cheap Matt Joyce cleaning up. Joyce, it looks like if I have – my pricing is all over the place because I had to merge a few different slates together to get my model to work uh, for everything. <laughs> I think Matt Joyce might be 2000 on this slate on DraftKings, uh, which would be the minimum, uh, in which case if he's cleaning up as a lefty in that lineup, I think you definitely attack Vince Velasquez with him and hope that you, you know pick off that weird grand slam. I don't think a lot of people are going to go to the Marlins there, so could be a good spot. Yeah, $2,000 on, on DraftKings for Matt Joyce in that spot. Uh, you know, I think if you are looking at roster and some Phillies bats here, you got to kind of – uh, you know what's going to happen with with JT. You know he he had an MRI. Hoskins also he he's day to day, so that's something to pay attention to to see what the Phillies lineup may be. And uh, you know there might be some low price options in that lineup. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There there are guys that we like that typically hit down lineup in that lineup who are good bats uh, and who are carrying pretty cheap price tags. Uh, Alec Bohm, top top prospect for them has been hitting like seventh but if a Ramuto, uh reese hoskins somebody like that is out they might move his big right-handed bat up in the batting order and then you're getting a three hitter a five hitter somebody like that with a similar kind of a pedigree honestly to a hoskins for only 2800 in the middle of that lineup so that could be a killer spot that's a great call another guy similar like that is uh, adam hazley he's been hitting uh he's been hitting like ninth uh speed and like mid-range power kind of guy looks like he's priced at the minimum even a veteran like Neil Walker hits from both sides of the plate, first and second base eligibility, only 2300 over there. So absolutely keep an eye on what the final lineup looks like. And I think we can probably weaponize some of these Phillies bats. And if I'm not mistaken, this game is a full game, right? It's It's got a red tag on it on MLB.com, but this is a makeup of a postponed game, but it doesn't have a double header. So I think this is a full makeup game. Uh, yes. Cool. Unless I'm mistaken. Um, I'll double check that, but I'm pretty sure you're. Yeah, you're correct on that. It's not a a doubleheader aspect. Yeah. All right. So this so this one we don't have to worry about the seven innings. So yeah, I think those Phillies are probably going to be one of the more uh, one of the better spots to attack with bats and uh, and roll some of those stacks out for sure. Yeah, because our, our doubleheaders are Reds, uh, Pirates, Oakland and, and Seattle, yeah. and St. Louis and Milwaukee. That's those right. those are four. You know, speaking of, of St. Louis and Milwaukee, we'll move over to that game. Uh, Kim's going to be on the hill for the Cardinals. This will be his first start, schedule. Will be his first start since September the first. And Limbaum going to be going for the Brewers. Yeah, so I tried to. I didn't have a ton of time, so I was trying to look it up in between doing stuff, winding down football, and getting my research together and everything. But I wanted to find out if these two had ever dueled one another in the KBO because they've both got extensive KBO history. Uh, but I, I couldn't find it in my uh, my quick little uh, cursory research, but uh, should be an interesting one. Um, you know, like you said, Kim's uh, coming back and uh, getting back into the uh, into the rotation here. He's uh, his last three outings, he went six, six, and five innings, so he's been somewhat stretched out. Uh, he's only allowed one home run over his twenty-one and two-thirds innings over for the year. Uh, nothing really special under the surface about his arsenal. It's a pretty basic uh, ninety-mile-an-hour four-seam fastball. He's got a slider and a curveball. 
Uh, nothing really exceptional stands out about it when you look into the pitch mix, into the stack cast stuff. But he's doing a good job limiting hard contact, a 91st percentile hard hit rate, 71st in exit velocity, only 6th percentile in, care, in strikeout rate, and 21st in whiff, though. So not a ton of strikeout there. 13.3% strikeout guy so far in, uh, in the show. And uh, he was... A low 20s strikeout guy in the KBO, but that's not something that translates. The KBO is not a big strikeout league, so that's kind of a strikeout pitcher there, and uh, I wasn't expecting it to translate, and it's not. Uh, so the Brewers, uh, 13th in the league with 17 homers against lefties, 219 ISO, 6th uh, best in baseball, and a 120 WRC+. plus. So we talk about the Brewers not necessarily being as good as we think uh, quite a bit, but that's against righties. Against lefties, they're pretty darn good. So we can definitely get some of these Brewers bats uh, – with the caveat, of course, that this is one of those uh, seven inning games, right? Yeah, no, I mean, I get, or is it? <laughs> no, it, no, it is. It is one of those seven inning games. I mean, I guess the question is when you look at some of those more expensive Brewers bats, because it's a seven inning game, does that concern you? Yeah, it has to. I mean, again, you're taking the top off of your potential uh, plate ex- plate appearances. So, if you consider it just in terms of a, a cost per plate appearance. Uh, and think about your entire slate that way. There are guys that you know are going to get, you can quantify it as like a 4.5 plate appearances, mm-hmm. as opposed to the guys on this team are going to get probably 3.5 or 3.2 or something like that, you know, if, if you really laid it out. So your cost per plate, per plate appearance is going to be dramatically affected by that. Uh, there is significant upside in some of these bats. Uh, particularly in this spot. So I think you can get to a little bit of the top of the lineup uh, between an Avi Garcia, Christian Yelich, Keston Hero, Jed Jerko. I would stick with that and maybe you know attach a Ryan Braun, somebody like that to it and get to some of those righties there. Uh, but I really wouldn't go too, too nuts with it uh, as far as how much you do it. Uh, it could be a good second stack to stick in, maybe grab three of those bats from the top of the lineup and we're not asking as much if we're only going with three of them as opposed to five. So limit the requirement for the lineup, and maybe they can deliver a little bit better for us. Just one way of looking at it. I think this is also where you want to be looking at our ownership projections on Monday and look at these games that are the seven-inning games and look at the ownership projections and see where they line up out of, you know what, maybe they're they're going really low-owned, and it, may be, it may, might be a spot that you can capitalize on. Yeah, and I'm sure we're going to talk about that on all the shows tomorrow. I'm sure it's going to be accounted for in uh, you know everything that Alex talks about and puts out there because there are going to be, like we said, three out of the seven games on the DraftKings slate are going to be affected by this. So if we see one of those teams pop up in the stacks ranking, that's going to be, even in that you know small sample, that's going to be what Alex's model is seeing. So yeah, maybe we can grab it. Maybe we can weaponize that if we're seeing him go dramatically on our own. Keep an eye on what the notes are on the, on the page and everything if Alex – has something in the model that doesn't account for the seven innings, I'm sure he'll call it out and he'll let us know. So definitely keep an eye on that. But, yeah, absolutely, it's going to be a very important day to be on top of the data and also on top of the news as far as who's going to even be in these lineups for these first games of these doubleheaders. Yeah, and, of course, if you want to get access to those ownership projections, you got to sign up for it. Also, plus MLB Weekly Pass for fifteen ninety five. This gives you full access to our leading player projections, ownership projections, and the all-new Top Pitchers tool, and so much more. Get your pass today by heading over to awesomeo.com and signing up for an Awesomeo Plus MLB Weekly Pass. Now, the other uh, game that we've got a, a double, a seven-inning game on, that would be the Athletics and the Mariners. Lazardo going for the A's. Gonzalez going for the M's. 
Yeah, so I mentioned it before. This is another spot. A couple pitchers that I kind of like. Uh, definitely, I'm a big fan of Lizardo. Uh, I think he's in a pretty good spot here against these Mariners. Uh, they're 27th uh, with a 130 ISO, 36% below uh, league average WRC plus uh, against lefties this year. 22nd in baseball with only 12 home runs against lefties. Their team slash, as a team, they're hitting 182, 272, 311. So 272 on base as a team against lefties. 182 batting average. That's just ugly. So I think we can really roll some Lizardo out here. He's probably not going to go to the seven innings. I, I wouldn't expect him just because of the way they utilize him and just because he's such a, a precious prospect for them and an arm they want to take care of. So he's probably not going to be in line for the complete game. But if he's rolling, if he's sitting guys down and, and you know breezing through this lineup, there's no reason he can't get there. Uh, but I would consider it less upside for that than, uh, than a Bauer uh, for sure. But he's just pitching great. I mean, he's uh, given up six home runs in 45 and a third. Reasonable amount of power to give up in that sample. 39.4% uh, of the time throws a sinker, gets sets up a curveball and changeup. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Quickly gets excellent whiff on both those pitches. Uh, change up mostly uh, to right handed uh, hitters. Very good whiff on the uh, heavy spin uh, four seamer that he uses a low percentage of the time, but when he throws it, it gets swing and miss. So really, really good pitcher. I like him a lot, and I love the strikeout upside for him in this uh, in this spot against this Mariners lineup. Uh, so I definitely think we can get to some Lazardo, and then Marco on the other side, another guy. This Mariners pitching staff, these, all these weird little lefties that started throwing cutters, and uh, you know they're not necessarily hard throwers. Some of them, Marco only brings it like eighty. 89 miles an hour, 88 miles an hour on his fastball these days. But he's working with that cutter, throwing more cutters, more sinkers, fewer change-ups. Uh, he's got three pitches with uh, around an average whiff rate. So it's you know good for a guy like him. 22.2% soft contact this year so far. So very good inducing soft contact and limiting hard contact this year. Uh, 80th uh, percentile on exit velo, uh, 61st in hard hit rate. So doing pretty well, 56 percentile in uh, strikeout rate while only the 18th in whiff rate. So that league average whiff stuff is still yielding some strikeouts for him. Uh, A's are 24th in the league with just 11 home runs against left-handed pitching, which stuck out to me because there's a bunch of good righties in this lineup. So that's only over 346 plate appearances. So it makes the sample a little wonky. That's 25th Mm -hmm. in baseball. The Mets are first in baseball with 631. So nearly like double the sample. Uh, but that said, they've got a 162 ISO, so it's not a tremendous, tremendous ISO and only a 102 WRC+. plus. So they're not really performing any any outstanding way against lefty pitching. So I think we can get to some Marco here. Another guy I don't necessarily love the upside to get to the complete game, but I think he can have a nice start here, and I think he could definitely strike out some of these guys. Yeah, you look at what Marco's done in his past couple starts. His last start was against the Rangers, went seven innings, seven strikeouts, only gave up two runs. Prior to that, he went up against the Angels, where he went nine innings, only he only gave up uh, one run. That was a home run, had eight strikeouts. Uh, you know, he had a, you know okay performance against the Padres. Had a, a, a solid performance against the Dodgers last month, so he has put up some good DFS numbers for us this year. 
Yeah, and, and I mean, I honestly didn't even catch that he had gone that long in those games. So that could put him in line more for uh, for the uh, seven innings. I didn't realize he was uh, he was pitching quite that deep. And if you really, if just listening to what you just read off there, those are some of the best teams in baseball. I heard the Dodgers in there. I mean, there's some good lineups in there. So yeah, pitching really well. And one thing I really love that just jumps out like, like crazy on him: two percent walk rate on the year. That's excellent. I mean, yeah. you just if you limit the amount of guys you're going to put on base, that's a recipe for winning baseball games and pitching well. So, and he doesn't cost very much seven thousand. Not a bad price tag at all. Yeah, I mean, a good price tag on both sides. This pitching yeah. aspect. I mean, it was only eight three hundred for Rosario. I mean, like if you're looking to, you know, maybe you want to go with a Trevor Bauer and you're looking for a, a cheaper SP two option on, on DraftKings. Marco Gonzalez at seven thousand would seem to be would fit that nicely. Yeah, absolutely. I think he slots right into that spot, to be honest. And uh, it, really, it's it's kind of interesting now, if we're thinking about it, just taking that opportunity in those two seven-inning games with the way that those two prices fit together. And even mm-hmm. if you wanted to go up and do the same thing with Luzardo, that's a really significant, interesting opportunity with just the way that this slate clicks together. I'm really interested in that. I'm going to... I'm going to be poking around at that in Cruncher overnight and just really seeing how everything falls together and what you can get to by putting those pitchers together because that's going to be a really interesting conversation point as we talk about how to build for this afternoon slate tomorrow. Yeah, and so- I got airtime to fill. I'm on uh, both shows tomorrow. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> hey, I, I, I was scheduled to be on the NBA show. However, well, we don't have an NBA game yet tomorrow. So. <laughs> that's right. I was like, wait, what happened? I was mean, so, I'm so absorbed in football. I have no idea what happened in the outside world at all today. Oh, it was it was uh, last night. I'm sitting on the couch watching the Laker game, and uh, I told my wife, "I go, yeah, we're rooting for the Rockets." She goes, "Why?" I go, "Because if the Rockets win, I've got an NBA show on Monday night." <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, and it became very pretty evident in that game. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there was not going to be a game on Monday night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not much effort in that one. No, no, no. But, uh, you know, we, we've made it to the last three games, so this is a part of your FanDuel main slate, uh, also your Yahoo main slate. So if you're looking to just play the main slate on those sites, uh, we've got uh, Atlanta and Baltimore. Lopez going to be on the hill for the Orioles. Uh, Tuki is going to be on the mound for the Braves. Uh, on DraftKings pricing, they're both $25. Uh, does either one of those prices intrigue you? I mean, they're both uh, you know the same price, uh, but is this a game that would you be more looking at the hitting as opposed to the pitching? So, uh, yes, probably. <laughs> Answer your last question first. Yes, probably looking more at the, uh, at the hitting than the pitching in general. But uh, that's an interesting price, the twenty-five on. Uh, that's a Yahoo price. Uh, so compared to where I would expect that Barrow is probably going to be, oh, oh, he wouldn't be on that slate, right? That's just the Correct, three games. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so just thinking that through, it would depend on where the other guys are. But Tukey in particular, high upside kid going against this Orioles lineup. That regardless of what they've done, I, I just still do not really have much respect for, uh, and, and he's. I can't say that he's pitched well because, I mean, he got sent back down. He's, he's got an ugly ERA. But we've seen flashes. We've seen some strikeout upside. Uh, I think 28 strikeouts in uh, 21 and two-thirds innings so far this year. Uh, this will be his first spot, first action since uh, August 23rd. Uh, he was getting decent whiff on uh, splitter and his, and his breaking balls, but everything was just getting hit hard. He was just kind of leaving stuff flat in the zone and just kind of making the mistakes that a young pitcher makes. So he's got the stuff. He's a high-end prospect. 
we could see him put up a start. Like if we wanted to, if we really had something that we wanted to get to with that money and we could justify it that way, then yeah, I think we could use, uh, use Tuki in that regard. I don't think I would do it on the other side attacking these Braves bats though. Uh, that, that seems a recipe for disaster going to Jorge Lopez in that spot. So <laughs> Tuki would be your man if you're doing that for sure. Uh, but like I said, it would it would have to be justified by having some significant spend on some bats or something like that. Well, if you want to spend some money on some bats on DK, just go to the Atlanta Braves. Uh, you got Acuna at six thousand, Freeman fifty five hundred, Azuna fifty four hundred, uh, Swanson fifty one hundred, Marcakis forty eight hundred. I mean, if you want to, if you were thinking about an Atlanta stack, it's going to cost you. Yeah, yeah, they're pricey, and we've seen DK do a good job with that this year. They've they've kept the pricey, uh, and they've kept the very good teams very pricey, and they've put it on the right bats, and they've put it on the right positions. So they've made it interesting to build with some of these pricey teams, and and really made the game challenging. So I really like what they're doing, and I think that you can get to some of these Braves bats in interesting ways. Uh, they're excellent against righties. Uh, they are sitting uh, third in the league with 66 home runs against righties. Third in the league, 235 ISO. Second in the league, 131 WRC+, so 31% better than average creating runs against right-handed pitching. Just a killer spot for them. And their right-handed hitters hit same-handed pitching really well and hit it for power like we've discussed. So you can get down to Austin Riley, Adam Duvall in the back end of this lineup, and people might be getting off of them. They think of Duvall as a heavy strikeout guy, an all-or-nothing home run guy who maybe is a splits guy, and he's really not. He can handle right-handed pitching. Austin Riley handles it even better. So I think both of those guys are in play here. Uh, and then we know the quality of Darno, Swanson, Ozuna on the right side of the plate. So even if you were only building with the right-handed bats, you could save money and still have significant upside in that stack. Uh, but, of course, I don't want to leave Freddie Freeman out of things. And then there's uh, Ronnie Acuna Jr. He's a righty, but, my gosh, he's all world. Uh, yeah. I don't care that he costs 6000 I want him <laughs> in my stack. Uh, talk about a guy. Do you think he's got a legit shot to go 50-50 one year? Yeah. Right, I mean, if anybody, the key with him is just going to be, you know, stay healthy. Yeah, you know, yeah. but yeah, yeah. I, I would think that you know, when we get back into a 162 game schedule, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we saw the upset. He was he was tracking toward that at one point in the season last year and fell a little short. But I mean, he is right there, just the best option I think for just the blend of power and speed in the league right now. It's just phenomenal. So yeah, get him in your lineups for sure if you're building with Braves. Now, look, if if you wanted to be contrarian and go with the Orioles stack, you're going to be able to save some some money in terms of your, of your roster construction. Yeah, and, and we can justify it on that regard. And look, I, I dismissed it a little bit, but they have been performing. Uh, even taking uh, Santander out of the lineup, there are still some pieces we can work with in there. The active roster is 13th with 44 home runs against uh, against righties. Uh, 15th with uh, 176 uh, ISO, so not the greatest ISO, but not terrible either, right in the middle of the league. And uh, above average, 105 WRC+, plus, so creating runs a little bit better than the average. So against a kid that we've seen make mistakes, a kid that we've seen struggle, we'll talk about him in the complete opposite terms of what I was saying we could potentially play him. He is a kid who makes mistakes. He is a kid who struggle, and he's this is his first turn through the league, so... Yeah, once they see him, maybe he gets to them, strikes out a few guys the first time through the order. The second time, the third time through the order, they're going to get to him. They're going to have the opportunity to get to him. You've got bats like uh, Ryan Mountcastle. He's a, a rookie as well, but just very high-end kid. Uh, he's up to hitting third lately in the order uh, where Santander left off. 
Uh, and then you can get to uh, Renato Nunez. DJ Stewart's been hitting for some power. Uh, Pedro Severino could be a sneaky catcher play if he's in the lineup uh, hitting cleanup for this team. So there are things you can build with. And to your point, they're super cheap. So they could mm-hmm. definitely click together. You could game stack this and, uh, and potentially get away with it that way if you just wanted to put these two teams together and attack two pitchers who might give up quite a few runs tomorrow. Uh, game's also in a hitter's park. So get, the game stack here could be in play. Moving on next, we've got the Twins and the White Sox. Barrios going for the Twins. Cease going for the White Sox. Barrios on Yahoo, $39. Dylan Cease, $36 on Yahoo. Interesting. Those are, uh, those are pretty good prices from what I know of just the way that the Yahoo prices range. Uh, but I guess, are those the top ends for the uh, three-gamer? Uh, three-gamer, uh, the top end would be... Um, Let's get that to X out there, if it would. Uh, oh, we got Kershaw and Lament. Yeah, you got so Kershaw and Lament. They are. Uh, we'll talk about them here momentarily. They are fifty-two and fifty-one dollars. Yeah, so that makes sense. So yeah, look, if you're building with, I mean, if you want to get to any bats, I, I would imagine on Yahoo, grab Tuki Toussaint and grab one of these guys. Grab Barrios, probably. Well, Barrios going against the White Sox. It's tricky. They're both in in tough spots. But they're both good pitchers, and for that money, you'll be able to build with any bats that you want. Is, is I guess my point. Uh, it, it's difficult. It is difficult to recommend either one against these offenses. Uh, if I was recommending one, I would probably say go to Berrios, uh, despite the matchup against the White Sox. Uh, Sox seventh in the league, 51 home runs against righties, fourteenth uh, with a 179 ISO, uh, WRC plus nine percent above average. But they strike out 25.3 percent of the time, and they only walk 7.2 percent of the time in the split. So it could be a good upside game, a good strikeout game for Berrios. Uh, he's been pitching well his last few starts, uh, stealing a blurb from Major League uh, from uh, MLB.com. Uh, sl- triple slash 183, 272, 280 uh, allowed over his last four, and he struck out 31 in uh, 22 and two thirds. So uh, just digging in a little bit, he's uh, allowing a lot of medium contact this year, and less hard and so- less hard contact, and also less soft contact. Uh, his velocity on his fastball is up about one mile an hour. He's throwing it a little bit less often, but he's throwing it by guys a little bit more. Uh, so it's been an interesting impact, not an overly significant impact to his pitch mix, but interesting. Uh, 71st percentile in strikeout rate, so he's, he's doing pretty well in Ks. Uh, so I think we can get to him here, and I like the price as far as Yahoo goes if you want to go down and, uh, and do weird things with the bats, like we said, or as like a mid-range option, pay up for one of those heavy uh, high-end pitchers and put him there. Cease on the other side, pitcher that I like. We're expecting this kid to come out, and we're expecting him to eventually become a strikeout pitcher, mm-hmm. really emerge. But so far this year, only 15.4% strikeout. Uh, the walk rate is the same, so it's not like he's really focusing on control and losing his strikeouts but not walking anybody. So I, I was trying to figure out what's up, and the only thing that I can see different in anything that he's doing is he's throwing his uh, slider with 200 RPMs more spin. Mm-hmm. And that pitch is working well for him. But what I'm thinking is maybe something about either the release or how he's gripping the ball, something he's doing before the throw is tipping what he's doing with his curveball. Because his curveball is not getting nearly as much whiff and it's getting hit really hard. So something's up with his curve as near as I can tell. And like I said, the, it's either that he's just happening to leave it flat and it's happenstance, or if we can find something i think maybe he's tipping it but that's just me theorizing and guessing mm-hmm. and stuff but something is up with with that pitch in particular 
so I'm curious to see what happens. Uh, Twins are uh, fourth in baseball with 59 home runs, uh, 212 ISO, 110 WRC+. Plus, but they also strike out, 25.2% strikeout against righties. So it could be a decent strikeout spot if the stuff is working for the kid, which is always, always the question with him. <laughs> Uh, he always gives up. He gives up some power too. One eight two career home run per nine uh, over one hundred nineteen inning sample. So something to think about with the uh, with the Twins bats there. Yeah, I mean, look, you've got expensive bats on both sides, but it, it just it feels like with the White Sox, it's like you know Abreu the other day when he hit those two home runs. If you didn't have them in your lineup, you know you work out of cash big. I mean, that's that's. Just, I mean, yes, their their bats are expensive, but more times than not, I mean. I mean, Anderson, I mean, what, what more can you say about what this kid's done this year? Yeah, I mean, he is quietly just one of the best players in baseball the last couple of years, really. I mean, he has just come on like crazy. And what He was a prospect. He's a kid. I mentioned my uh, my dynasty league all the time. I'm proud, proud that I've had him in my dynasty league the last <laughs> few years. But honestly, I kind of lucked into him. I, I acquired him in a trade. Wasn't a kid that was like a, a real super high-end prospect that had been on my radar anyway. And has just absolutely delivered again and again. Last year, uh, 518 plate appearances. He hit 18 home runs, stole 17 bases, 335, 357, 508 slash with a 173 ISO. This year, over 160. He's at uh, 358, 400, 581 slash with a 223 ISO. 68% above average what WRC plus. Seven homers, five stolen bases. We talk about power and speed combo upside, guys. This is absolutely one of them. He plays a premium position where some of the best bats in the sport reside. But like I said, he is quietly one of them, and he deserves every dime of that 5400 price tag. So I, I never mind paying up for Timmy. I, I like getting to him, and I feel like sometimes when his price goes up, he's somebody that people say, wow, 5400 for Tim Anderson. I'd rather have Tatis. I'd rather have Story. I'd rather have this guy, that guy. So sometimes he doesn't get the ownership that he warrants. So I can definitely justify Timmy and all the rest of those pricey White Sox bats as well. Uh, pretty much every slate, uh, you know, we're not seeing the explosive home run numbers in my model that we saw for that team the last few days, uh, but they're still pretty good. You know, the high end of the average uh, part of the part of my meter there, uh, and just projection wise, uh, just very good. Uh, you know, DFS projections. So I like the spot as always for the White Sox here too. And our final game of the night, uh, great pitching matchup between the Dodgers and the Padres. Uh, Lament going for the Padres and uh, expected that it's going to be Clayton Kershaw getting the start for the Dodgers. Uh, Clayton did not have a good outing um, the last time out. Uh, if you went there and, and paid up for him when he was taking on the D-backs, did not work out for you. And uh, Dustin Lament, 68 strikeouts on the season. Yeah, we talk about it every time he pitches. He's just he's such a good strikeout pitcher. And he's a guy that uh, would be regarded among the best in baseball if uh, if he'd been healthy the last few. So love to see him doing what he's doing. He's a kid I like to get to. Uh, I was When I was putting together my notes for, uh, for the show, I remembered that I had a lot of Kershaw on that last time out. And I was like, oh, yeah, let me look up so I can get down the – nah, you know what, I don't need to remember that because, uh, yeah, that didn't go well last time. Uh, but I tell you what, maybe I'm a glutton for punishment, but I'm going to go right back to him here. He's Clay Kershaw. I, I am always happy to put him in my lineup. I get a pretty good projection, not like a Clay Kershaw projection for him here because of the lineup that he's going against. Uh, this Padres team, fifth in baseball, 21 home runs against lefties uh, in only 495 plate appearances. So if we remember that split we were talking about before, the Mets are first in baseball at 631, and they only have 22 home runs, one more than this team. 
So the pods hit home runs off of lefties. They can generate some power here. Uh, 13th in the league, 187 ISO. Only a 104 WRC+, plus, so not generating quite as many runs as we might expect for that uh, ability to hit homers. But just an offense we like. But I think Clay is up to the task. 28% uh, strikeout rate this year. Uh, he had been down to just 23.8 in 20, uh, 2018 and then back up to 26.8 in 2019. So it's nice to see the increasing trend uh, and him you know, continuing to figure out how to pitch it as an older guy, a guy who's been through some injuries and everything, and uh, he's doing it well. 1980 ERA this year, 299 XFIP in his 41 innings, so he's doing what he does. Same stuff, same mix, four-seamer, slider, curveball, good whiff on all three. Nothing really uh, nothing really changed, nothing overly noteworthy to worry about, so I think we can get to him. Uh, and then on the other side, like I said, Lamette, last time out against Colorado, seven and two-thirds, 11 strikeouts, six hits, no runs, no walks. Uh, he had given up before that start. He had given up one home run in each of the five starts before it, but he was still striking out guys. Um, 47.5% whiff on his slider, just a sick pitch. Works off of a 97 mile an hour heavy spin fastball that's way up in the zone, and then that thing just just dives off the plate. So guys can't touch it. Uh, love the kid, love the spot. Dodgers, 16th in baseball against lefties with 15 home runs, 23rd with a w, uh, 151 ISO. 97 WRC plus, so they're around league average creating runs, and they're ninth best at limiting strikeouts against lefties at just 21.8%. So it's an interesting spot for Lamette in mm-hmm. that the Dodgers don't necessarily generate the tremendous amount of runs that we might normally associate with their offense, although there are some very, very good right-handed hitters in this offense. Uh, but they don't strike out as much as a guy like Lamette might be able to get to. Mm-hmm. So I'm very curious to see how he ranks out for Alex. Uh, he, he ranks out. He would definitely be in play for me uh, for the projection I'm getting on him. Uh, but it is a big price tag uh, going up against this Dodgers lineup. Bigger on FanDuel, only 91 on DraftKings. 10-1 on FanDuel is harder to get to. Um, so tricky, tricky spot there. Obviously, uh, a lot of expensive bats in this game. Uh, you know, obviously, when you talk about the pods, it always starts with Tatis and Machado. Uh, you know, obviously, the Dodgers, you know, Betts and Bellinger, I, you know, I was maybe kind of looking at Cody Bellinger going up the right-hander here. Maybe that could be a spot if you want to pay up for somebody. Yeah, I, I am always happy to pay up for Cody Bellinger. I mean, he is, to me, one of the best bats in baseball. Uh, one of the immense upside. If you're betting on somebody who's going to hit 600 home runs out of this generation, he is one of the prime candidates to put your money on. Uh, is, so, absolutely. I, I would have no qualms about rolling out Cody Bellinger at any price. First base and outfield eligibility, so you can flip them around. You can get to interesting constructions. And that's one thing I like about building with this Dodgers lineup a lot of the time on DK. You've got Muncie with first and third base eligibility. When Taylor's in the lineup, he's got shortstop and outfield eligibility. I think one or two other guys in the lineup have uh, have different uh, positional eligibility. So there's some flex, and there's some cheaper guys on the back end who are definitely in play. Uh, you get uh, In a lefty-righty matchup, you get a Matt Beatty, a Gavin Lux in the lineup. Each of those guys, not all that, all that expensive, doesn't typically draw a ton of ownership. Hitting toward the back end of the owner, so you're always worried, you know, you always have to consider anyway that you're sacrificing that plate appearance. But those are significant lefty bats to get to. So I like to build with this Dodgers lineup and probably will, uh, particularly if I'm paying that much to get to Lamette and some other spots, I probably will roll out some Dodgers on the other side of it. 
And, of course, uh, coming up on Monday morning, you'll be a part of the MLB DFS Strategy Show. Be yourself and Jake, uh, you know, discussing some of the, the various aspects that we've talked about here and going further into further detail. Also, uh, don't forget to be sure to check out uh, MLB Live Before Lock, by the way. 3 p.m. Eastern time, as you'll be with, with Luffy. So a little earlier MLB Live Before Lock, so be sure to check out that. Also, uh, for our football fans, we do have a great promo that is going on until September the 15th. And that is sign up today for an Osmo Plus NFL Weekly Pass for 50% off when you use the promo code REDZONE at checkout. That's $7.50 for one week of Osmo Plus NFL. This gives you access to all of Osmo's leading player projections, ownership projections, top stacks, and more for NFL DFS. As I mentioned, this is a limited uh, limited time offer. is valid through September 15th. So head over, head over to awesomeo.com to sign up for that pass today. Make sure you use that code REDZONE to take advantage of that deal. Uh, Terry, anything else you want to mention for everybody before we get out of here? I think you hit the uh, the prime points. We're going to be a little early on the uh, live before lock tomorrow, and uh, I'm going to be on both of the shows. So I'll talk to everybody tomorrow. I'll try and commit to memory which of these games are double headers by then. <laughs> Catch my uh, quick hits will be coming out. I'm going to be writing it uh, after we get off the air here, and then uh, I'll be on the morning show. Crank out stack slants in the afternoon, and then jump right back on the air and talk more baseball. So it's going to be a big barrage of baseball tomorrow, and with some more iteration. And, of course, be uh, locked here on the Osmo YouTube channel, also on our podcast channel as well, to get access to all of these shows. That's going to do it for this edition of the MLB Early Bird Podcast.